we've got these lovely people um, that we're going to be interviewing. I'm going to um, start by just getting them to introduce who they are. So who are you? I'm Debs Carter. I'm Ebenezer Norte. And I'm Simon Turner. Um, my first question for all of you is, um, what, what do you do with your lives right now? So I lead a youth project for a social action charity that was set up by uh, the church that I go to in a rural market town in Norfolk. Um, I work as a system architect for Lloyds Banking Group and I work as a, a youth leader for my church and also on visuals. And I'm a husband to Fee, a father to three kids, amazing kids, and I lead New Life Church in Biggin Hill and I sit on our UK team looking after the regions beyond churches in the UK. Shout out for regions beyond. Amazing. So... Before we start to get them to, to, to open up, should we just pray and ask God to help us? Father, we want to thank you for um, the fact that you want to recruit us and send us for your plans and purposes in the nations of the world. Lord, it is an amazing thing that we get to have purpose in our lives, to bring glory to your name and that you give us jobs to do. And that's a thrilling thing and part of the relationship with you. And thank you that that's 24-7, that right now we're already, everyone in this room, if we love you, we're, all, we're already your, your child and we're already your servant. And um, Father, I just want to pray for us that you would help us understand more the ways that you want to work in our lives for the glory of your name, that we just get more understanding. And I want to pray as well for anyone here who is feeling spoken to that they would have real clarity about your vision your plans for them and i want to pray for anyone here who's maybe really open but has no idea lord i just pray that lord that you would really help people like that that are here today really just start to catch a bit of a vision for their life for the glory of you thank you father amen okay so Guys, who here is in year seven? Awesome. Who in, is in year eight? Who here is in year nine? Who here is in year 10? Who here is in year 11? Quite a, few, a bit more year 11. Who's in year 12? Who's in year 13? Awesome. Okay, so we've got quite a spread. Um, so my first question I want to ask these guys is what did they want to do when they were around your age? So <laughs> let's go for year year 9, 10, roughly, or if there's a time when you were clear, <laughs> pick that one, go. Oh, dear. Um, I don't think I was ever clear. Um, so when I was probably year 7, um, I loosely thought maybe being a nurse would be a good idea. But that was really based on nothing other than the fact that my mum had trained to be a nurse. Um, after that, actually, I have to say, although it's very uncharacteristic, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do or know what I wanted to be. Um, and even at the point of finishing university, when people would say, Debs, so what is what is it that you want to do? I would say, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So, um, yeah, which I kind of laughed at, but I look back now, and I'm, I'm a bit sad about that in some respects, but actually it was also God being a bit sneaky with my life, but I'll tell you more about that in a minute. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when I was a bit younger, I, wanted to, I always loved to draw. Um, 
But I grew up in the environment. Uh, I grew up in Ghana, so my parents basically pushed me in the direction of science. Um, so I'll say secondary school. I used to. Um, I was. I, I had a desire to do engineering. Um, so in, in university, I went through the sciences, um, and then after university, God also um, used that, um, opened a lot of opportunity for me to go into the sciences. And yeah, so that, that's how I. I became what I am, and, and, and I, be, I started to have desire to, to do, um, at the end of my university, I began to have desire for computers. Um, so that's where I ended up going into IT, so from science straight into IT. Wow. Wow. I wanted to be a professional rugby player. <laughs> um, that was my dream, and the backup was uh, a PE teacher, but my dream, dream job was a Blue Peter presenter, because... <laughs> Those guys get to do so many awesome things and get paid for doing it. And so that, that was my, yeah, and that probably is still very much where I'm at now. Um, I think I'm too old for to be a Blue Peter presenter, but that was my trajectory. So professional rugby player, PE teacher, or Blue Peter presenter, and I'm a church leader. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so what I'd like you guys to do is just tell me a bit of of how God led you from... Wanting to be a rugby player, to being a church leader, wanting to doing science, to doing what you're doing now for Lloyd's, and and from not having a clue, but maybe wanting to be a nurse when you're in year seven, to doing youth work. So just talk, tell us that tell us that story of how did you, how did God lead you from from being there to there. Um, okay, so I can look back and see that God really led me. I wasn't asking him particularly to lead me, but he definitely um, gave me certain things that I experienced and did. So I went to university because I didn't know what else to do, and I was of an age where you could do it and do it with a grant. Um, so that was amazing. Um, and I studied drama and psychology because they were the two subjects I was hugely passionate about. Um, I love being creative, and I love. I really wanted to find out why people did the things they did. So that's why I chose those two subjects. Um, after that, um, a number of things happened, but there are two particular jobs that I think God used without me really knowing as I drifted through life um, that have really equipped me to do the job that I do now. And the first one was um, uh, quite a few years after my degree, um, I found myself um, through people that I knew and jobs that I'd done working for a children's support team in Norfolk that covered the whole of Norfolk, working with really well-equipped social workers, working with families to prevent children from going into care, um, which was, in, um, it was really uh, rewarding, really hard work, um, quite tragic at times, but I learned a huge amount, um, not only about how the system works, working for the county council, but also about how families work. Um, so that was one thing um, after my uni, which also my uni course, which also prepared me. Um, and the third thing was I went from that job into a job um, with the YMCA, working with their schools and community team in a school in the inner city Norwich, working with children as a pastoral care worker, um, just supporting them in terms of emotional needs I'm doing a lot of creative stuff with them um, so that wasn't my grand scheme or oh, I'm going to become a youth worker because I had no intention of becoming a youth worker that um, God uh, led me on that way so that when I became a youth worker I could see how he had prepared me but that wasn't my plan that was his sneaky plan um, yeah yeah I'll say um, when I was um, in, in secondary school I used to basically take computers apart and put them back together and and it, it was working 
Um, but I didn't see that as uh, something that I will do in the future um, until I, I went to the university my, my final year um, and I had to major in one area. Um, and then I ended up having a desire to do um, adding computer to physics. So I did computer physics and I, I majored in, in computing. Um, so I left Ghana and I came to the UK and I had this great sense that um, I wanted to go into more into IT. Um, so having a first degree in computer physics, I decided to do um, uh, information systems, a master's in information systems. So uh, it was just this great desire that got placed in my heart. And it's always been something that always go on with me. Um, if God wants me to do something or want to do something new around the people I'm around with, he just put a desire in my heart and he gives me the ability to learn something really quickly. So now I'm doing stuff with the creative team um, that I've never done in my life before. Um, they are doing a lot of creative stuff with um, Illustrator, which is a, a software that I've never used. Um, but this great desire has just come in my heart. And I just he just gave me the ability and the grace to just learn it quickly. So now I'm able to use the software without even having that kind of um, training. So, um, yeah, I'll see that that's how God always puts stuff in my heart. And I also see that um, a lot of prophetic words and also dreams that God actually gives me, um, even in my sleep, he gives me stuff. And they are huge, but he just gives me stuff. And like, yeah, this is what I want you to do. Um, so a lot of prophetic word that comes from people that says God wants you to do this, God wants to do that, and I just sometimes I just take them like a, a pinch of salt. But eventually, uh, he just pushed me in that direction. So yeah, I I really believe in prophetic words. Mm. Good. So how did God lead me to where I am now? Um, I think what Ebenezer just said about the prophetic is so key in it actually, because from a very young age. My mum often tells the story of when I was five years old, my first school report was the teacher basically saying, Simon's a born leader. When he's in a good mood, the whole class is in a good mood. But when he's in a bad mood, the whole class is in a bad mood. And my mum used to speak this over me and say, you know, I think God's made you a leader. And then I'd come to gatherings like this and get prophetic words from people that knew nothing about me that would say, oh, God's going to use you to lead his people and all of this. And in those moments, like the prophetic, I think my understanding of the prophetic was thus saith the Lord. So it doesn't matter what I do, it's going to happen. You know, it was a bit like, a bit like that. Well, God said it. So surely there's no responsibility on my part. And I, I realized uh, more recently, actually, a lot of the prophetic is conditional. It's conditional our response. So when God gives us a pro- prophetic word, it's him calling out the gold in us saying, this is how I see you. This is what I've put in you. What are you going to do about it? So if you feel like God's calling you to Spain, for goodness sake, learn Spanish. Yeah, and maybe go and visit Spain. Do you know what I mean? But there's a, there's a conditional element to it. So um, from a young age, I felt like God was leading me in that way. And then I kind of figured I could do rugby as well. And around my teenage years, I was very much a two-faced Christian. Well, actually, I had three personalities. I had my rugby personality, which was fitness-focused. Um, everything revolved around drinking and girls um, and playing rugby, obviously. Um, then I had my uh, my church friends. where So those two groups never met because if they did, they'd realize I was a complete fake. Um, and so my church friends, I kind of turned up to church most Sundays. I even helped in the kids' work. You know, I was a good teenage lad. Um, but 
you know, often that was with a hangover or often that was because, you know, I, I was kind of ticking a box. And then there was another group of friends as well, my smoking friends who, um, is another story. Uh, we haven't got time for that today. So I had these kind of three personalities that were going on. And deep down, I kind of knew that God was on my case, but was, and then all of a sudden at the age of 18, nearly 19, my whole world turned upside down. Um, and this is all part of how God led me to where we are now. So rugby was my God, without a doubt, closely followed by the opposite sex. Um, and what happened, I dislocated my, my knee, uh, severed my cruciate ligaments. Um, I'd love to say it was playing rugby. It wasn't. It was doing ballet, but enough about that. And um, dislocated my knee. So suddenly the rugby thing is gone. And I'm, I hadn't applied myself at school in any way, shape, or form. So it was obvious I wasn't going to be a PE teacher. I'm just not intelligent enough. Um, don't feel sorry for me. I can see it in your eyes. It's okay. God used the foolish things in this world to confine the ways. Um, but so suddenly I'm like, I'm 18. All my friends are off to university or going into school and college. I'm like, what on earth am I going to do in my life? And at that point, I cried out. I was like, God? <laughs> you know, like, kind of, God, <laughs> can you hear me? <laughs> Are we still friends? You know, is that kind of thing. And, uh, and I, I sort of on my knees cried out, um, God, if any of this stuff that I've received over the years is, to be, is, is of you, then I want to give a year to exploring what that looks like. And so I, I left Swindon, which is where I, oh, sorry, I left Worcester, which is where I'd done all my growing up, moved to Swindon and did a year out. It wasn't one of these called impact years or ID years or anything like that. There was nothing that um, exciting when I was a younger person. It was just literally, I'm going to work for home base and serve in the church, put out the chairs, do whatever it takes. And just, it was a bit of my prodigal son moment. Um, and then, sorry, have, I got, have we got time? I'm going to be two more minutes. Thank you so much, Rob. This is grace in action. So then what happened was we, I then um, got busy. Yeah, brilliant. I got busy serving in church, which is the right thing to do, isn't it? It's like you serve. You don't just, you're not just a consumer. You serve. So I was serving in the kids' ministry. I was putting out chairs. I was doing these sort of things. And then I met my wife. She wasn't my wife at the time. Uh, we don't do that in this country. But um, we, we got to know each other, and then we got married. Um, and then I got a mortgage. And then we had our first child and our second child. And life just sort of started happening. And I was faithfully serving in church. Uh, love Jesus. Um, and I kind of figured all that prophetic stuff, I kind of missed it, if I want to say. Yeah. That was God's best, but he's got another best for me because he's a good God and he's a good father. And even if we screw up, he's still going to use us. And so we just got busy serving. And then in 2010, I was skipping a load, but in 2010, um, I was running a recruitment agency, thousands of staff, massive amount of money going through the business. Um, and I collapsed doing a half marathon and we thought, the doctors thought I'd had a massive heart attack. I spent eight days in hospital where they were waiting for my body to recover from this um, episode so they could do a proper um, angiogram to check to see how much damage had been done to my heart. And in those seven, eight days in hospital, those were some of the scariest days of my life because I love Jesus. I had a beautiful wife. I had two kids and one in the oven, so due to be born in the March, and this was the October, and I'm like, God, I feel like I'm, I'm wasting my life. I feel like I'm not doing what you've called me to do. I'm, I'm not doing anything wrong, but I just know you've called me to something different. 
And I kind of did a bit of a deal with God, which you, every church leader will tell you, you don't deal with God. Um, but I kind of said, you know, God, if, if I get through this, I don't, you know, and they're talking about life-changing uh, illness, you know, life-altering illness. If I, don't, if I get through this, then I want to be faithful to what I believe you call me to do, which is to serve your people. And, um, and so I did get through it very shortly after, took on a job in my local church, and then things progressed and we went to India and we came back and we've ended up in Biggin Hill. They are just sped through the last seven or eight years. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you guys. So um, now talk to me about preparation because sometimes we're like, we don't realise what God's doing in our lives until we look back. And uh, I want to help these guys to, re- to realise that like sometimes you feel like you're not getting anywhere in your life when you actually are and looking back you can see that you were but you didn't understand it at the time. And I want to, I want to, I want us to help these guys see that even in the next, you know, three, five years, even if they might feel like they're not getting anywhere, they probably are. And so just give us some stories of how God prepared you to get to where you are now. Yeah, I think it is about trusting God in the moment that you're in for the moment you're in. Um, And then when you look back, hindsight is a wonderful thing. So, at the point when I was asked, would I take on this social action project and lead a youth project? Um, initially, I said no, because I don't do young people and I don't really like them very much. Give me children or old people and I'm happy with those. That was my comfort zone. It was what I was capable of. I was very good at it. Um, so I said no. But then I did the Christian thing, but I'll pray about it because I thought that was the right thing to do. Um, and I had a few months of a very long conversation with God where I gave him all very, very good objections as to why that was a really bad idea, and he wiped all of those objections out, Um, and what I realized when I started, when I said yes, um, it was probably one of the most scariest but also the most exciting things because I realized that I was placing myself in a position where I actually had to be reliant upon God, and I'm a really self-reliant person. Um, I'm very capable. I'm someone that's got quite a lot of capacity, Um, so I had everything I'd done up until that point. I'd very much relied upon my own strength. God was placing me in a position, in a role in my hometown, working with young people. And I was having to deal with some stuff about how I viewed myself when I was a young person. All of those things that made me really reliant upon God. And I felt like in that moment, it was chapter one of my life. And everything up until that point had been preparation, had been the introduction. I hadn't realized it at the time. I was just merrily walking through life, thank you very much, trusting in God. But, but actually in that moment, I realized I had to say, God, I am all in. I am totally trusting that you know me better than I know myself. You know the skills and giftings that I've got that I don't even know myself. And I need to trust in you for them. So all of the jobs I'd had up until that point, I could say, oh, there was a real purpose to that. Even though I was just merrily going through, really enjoying what I was doing, um, God had actually orchestrated those to prepare me in kind of like the university of life really so they were all really significant I would say also the things that God had not allowed me to do without me knowing had been really significant so I said earlier that drama and psychology were the two things in my life they were things I studied at uni I loved them I got a very good degree and I could have either gone on to drama school or to go and study to be a psychologist both of those things I actually know without sounding arrogant I would have been really good at but at the time I actually didn't have the finances to pursue those so I kind of just put them on the back burner and thought maybe at some point it will happen maybe I'll do a bit of traveling Um, and then life happened I met my husband and and I never really pursued those 
those things in a career way. And it was only about two years ago that I stopped and I was really, God gave me a revelation. Debs, if you had pursued those, they would have become your God. Because not only would you have been good at them, you wouldn't have needed me to do them. And it was, it was only in that moment after I realized that I was so grateful to God because I would, if I'd have realized at the time, I would have been really disappointed in God. I would have felt like, actually, why aren't you letting me do the things I know I'm really good at? And instead, he took me on a really long journey and enabled me to sit in hindsight. And that's his grace. It's his grace because it meant that I wasn't damaged by disappointment because I didn't realize I was disappointed. But I got to the point of being really so grateful that he hadn't allowed me to pursue a career in becoming an actor or a career in becoming a psychologist. And none of those things in themselves are are bad things. But actually, he knew me well enough. He knew me better than I knew myself. And I was in a position of doing a job which I didn't think I was going to be very good at. But actually, he broke my heart for young people. He would have never probably broken my heart for being an actor or being a psychologist, but he broke my heart for young people and I now love it I love young people it's such a privilege to work with them so I'm really grateful for things God didn't allow me to pursue Um, and finally I think um, on a spiritual level God placed me in a church that challenged me that grew me spiritually, that opened up possibilities to me that I'd never had before. I had, before I started in the church that I'm in now, I was in a church that I'd grown up in. It was a great church. I'm so thankful for the things that they taught me in terms of loving community and loving Jesus um, and what it really means to walk the walk with people. But I needed to almost grow into maturity. And when we moved churches to the church I'm at now, which is how I ended up with my job, God knew, um, actually, I had to become more reliant upon him because I wasn't reliant upon who I was as a child growing up. Um, And all of those experiences, actually, God took me to another level. I found out what it really meant to walk a supernatural life and to rely upon him. But also, I was around people that knew me as an adult, didn't know me as a child. So I wasn't just my mum and my dad's child that went to that church anymore. I was a woman um, and um, I was a grown-up, even if I didn't perceive that myself. And so all of a sudden, people are starting to see things in me and call them out of me. And so is it Simon? When Simon was talking about leadership earlier, actually, I never saw myself as a leader. Other people did. And now I was in a place where people called that leadership gifting out in me. And that's a really, really powerful thing. And I'm so grateful to God that he knew I needed to be in that church. Because if I hadn't, that gift of leadership wouldn't have been called out in me because I didn't see it and I didn't recognize it. I really didn't want to own it, actually. It's only been, actually, although I've been doing the job that I've been doing for um, eight years, it's only really in the last couple of years I've been comfortable to call myself a leader. And that's because of what God has done in my heart. He's made me more reliant upon him. He's put me in a position where I've had to trust what he says about me, not what I feel about me. And so that I'm so grateful to him for that because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now without him. And it's not easy. There are times when it's really difficult. There are times when leading a project is quite a lonely thing to do. But it's I am where God wants me to be. And I come back to that place every time I feel like, Lord, I can't do this. And he's like, you're not meant to do it. You're meant to do it with me. Um, and so I'm on, on many levels, I'm really glad looking back to see the journey that God's taken me on. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a little story about how I got into uh, working for the bank. And also I'll give you a little about how um, I, we went, end up in Basingstoke Church. So basically, um, when I finished my, my graduate degree, um, I was working for... Uh, a company and 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 God always always give me opportunities. He gave me an opportunity uh, that is related to my 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 course. Um, 
So there was this co the company wanted to implement a new system, and the system that they wanted to implement was very similar to what I, I was studying. So the, my manager just asked me if I wanted to get involved in the implementation. I said, "Yeah, why not?" So I ended up even using that opportunity as a as my my dissertation. Um, so I had no idea about this system, but God gave me the grace to to study that system, and it was I was very effective at and helping um, the implementation, and I was even able to. Um, be able to train my colleagues as well and and that was one of the opportunities that God gave me so after that my, I, I finished my my graduate degree and I felt like it's, it's, everything is just gone to slow motion and I, I just in myself I didn't even pray about it I started looking for jobs because I wanted to to do something with my degree and I applied for a job and and I, I got a job I went for an interview that the job that I wanted to I, want, I wanted I didn't get that job but I had two interviews at the same time, and I got the other job, which is like working as a PMO. And I said, yeah, why not? I'm just a graduate, so I'm going to take this job. Um, I went and worked for the job, and um, about three months into the job, I got fired for weird reasons. But I didn't know, um, but looking hindsight, you know, that I was just called working behind the scenes. Um, so that moment, I, I, I really cried out to God, like, why did I leave this job that was very comfortable and very fulfilling? Because everything I do, I deal with people, and I love working with people, and it was amazing because I was making a, little, a lot of difference in the, in the company. Um, and and then I've got this new job, and, and I've, I've failed at it. So I was really I was really cross with God, but, you know, God is a loving God. He knows what he's doing. He's He knows your beginning and the end. So he already planned everything else. As soon as I left that job, about three months, maybe at home with no job, I just started looking for opportunities again, and he just gave me this opportunity. I didn't even know that I was going to work for a big bank. I had no idea because it was a, a job agency. So um, I saw, like, uh, um, the job was for a project manager, um, but God had something planned already. So I went for the, for the interview. It was, you know, the graduates came. You go for all this um, um, assessment day. You do all these tests and do all these interviews. I, I went through all that. Um, but I didn't get it. And I'm, I also went back and I'm like, God, what's happening? So I, I went, they, they called me again for another opportunity, which is what I'm doing now. Um, and they said, um, yeah, we, we really saw like you were really good and we wanted to interview again. Um, and then I went for the interview, um, and then I, I got the job, and it was amazing. But um, I'll say I miss out a bit of it. Um, before I even got called for the interview, um, we had to had to do this um, this reasoning kind of test, and th those those reasoning tests I didn't really do well. Um, and they said they don't know why, but they they had to call me for an interview. Um, I didn't even make the mark, and I said, no, this is just the grace of God because. It's not like I'm intelligent or anything like that, but um, I got the opportunity to, to go for this interview. And God just swung the door wide open for me to just walk in. And I just took the opportunity. Um, so I'm here and I'm, I'm working as a, um, a, a system architect, building systems that um, I had no clue about. But God has given me the opportunity. Um, and finally, had another door open for me to do my certification um, as a system architect. Um, and I studied really hard. Um, and I took the exam and I passed first time and in my team nobody has ever passed first time a lot of them have written it about four times before passing it so it's just like God just doing amazing things that um, I have no idea about um, so I'll say back in the church um, I'll say a lot of the time um, 
I just put myself up to serve. Uh, I just do whatever is available for me to serve. Uh, so I just I just go for it. And I, I, I usually I work in a technical team. So whether it's working in a technical technical team, putting up sound, all that kind of stuff, putting up chairs, I just go for it. And basically, people just God just put on people's heart to to say, I can see you doing this kind of stuff. Um, even when I was working, I was in um, a Gateway Swindon. Um, one of the gentlemen just walked up to me and said, I can see you working in the kids' work, and I've never worked with kids before. So I just said, yeah, why not? And I just went for it, and I, I just saw that I was so good at it. And, and the kids um, the kids just loved me. They just, it's just like a magnet, and people don't understand why. Kids are just, they just pull towards me, and it was just an amazing experience. So we moved over to... We felt like God moving us over to the east, so we moved to Basingstoke, and um, uh, another, it happened again. Somebody just walked up to me and said, "I can see you working with the youth." Um, the youth. So I just said, "Yeah, why not? Let's go for it." So I went, I went, and I just started working with the youth, and it's been amazing. And just seeing how God is using me to change people's life, and just, just, just talking to them, you know, because a lot of them come and they are burdened with so much stuff, and just talking to them and on their level. And I have never done youth work in my life, but God just gave me the grace and, and the ability to be able to just talk to them to the level that they are and be able to carry that burden for them. And I just see that it's so amazing, like somebody with no experience. So it's just God. It's not because I've gone to university to study anything about um, youth work or anything like that, but it's just that God is so amazing. Um yeah, and yeah, coming back to I went, I came to New Day last year with our church, and this year I'm here, just serving um, in the creative team, and it's just amazing. Thanks. So, how did God prepare me for where we are now? I, in hindsight, it was already mentioned. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Being able to look back and see um, things that have happened in your life, some things that are really painful, some things that have been really good, and you can see how they shape to where you're at today. And so, in hindsight, I realised that so much of the pain that I experienced when I was a teenager and the the multiple personalities that I took, talked about was primarily because I had a deep desire to be liked by everyone and a deep desire to be accepted by everyone. And so therefore, I would be willing to do whatever was take, whatever it took to be accepted by one group, um, and then I would do whatever it takes to be accepted by that group, because I wanted people to like me. I was fearful of rejection and fearful um, that, uh, that I would not fit in. And so, so much of what I did in that time, and what God did to shape that was... When I thought my identity was a rugby player or my identity was a Blue Peter presenter, I never thought that. But my identity was a rugby player or whatever. Those things started to be stripped away. I thought my identity was in a relationship that I was in. And then that relationship ended after a couple of years. And, you know, and I, I kind of gradually, bit by bit, God sort of said, no, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. Um, until I came to a place of truly understanding something more of who I am in him and that it's not what I do that is important. It's who I am in him and who he is. Um, and so that was massive preparation for what I'm doing now because ultimately what I do now is just remind people who they are in God or want to introduce them to Jesus who transformed my life. And so it's that was so key uh, for me, just coming to that place of, do you know what? I still want people to like me. I don't want people to hate me, but I'm secure enough in myself to go, actually, I want to be faithful first. And if being faithful to God makes me unpopular, I mean, I run a running club in Biggin Hill. 
And part of that is just wanting to show people that Jesus loves them. And the only way I can show them how Jesus loves them is by being as close to Jesus as I possibly can be whilst trying to make them run up the hills. Um, and, I mean, Jesus would encourage them to run, I'm sure. Um, but And there are various other environments that I put myself into because I recognize that my, by me being in that environment, I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of God. So because where I am, so his presence is. And so therefore I'm choosing into, because I've come to this revelation of like, man, this sounds really arrogant, but I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus to these people who don't know him. And I get to represent him and, and show, show him off and, in all his goodness. And, um, and so I put myself purposely in different environments and different settings um, just to, because I'm secure in who I am in him now. And I'm not trying to gain their affection or their acceptance, but, um, but I'm, I'm more and more secure. I'm not completely secure. I don't think any, if anyone tells you they're really secure, they're not. No, it's a secret. Um, but that's, you know, that's a massive preparation, I'd say, for me. And I've still got friends from rugby, smoking, and church. <laughs> but they know I love Jesus. <laughs> Excellent. I just want to highlight one of the threads that's come up through the last couple of questions. Um, notice how in each of these stories how much the local church has been a part of actually these guys discovering what God's got for them. You know, we need, we, one of the reasons, one of the blessings of being part of a local church is that you've got a community of people that really know you and watch you over a period of time. And because the church is a family as well, where we don't just do one kind of thing, it's a very different kind of relationship to like just people you work with. They see, they've got more of a kind of a 4D view of you. And there's lots of people looking on at you. And they can spot things in you. So it is so important to listen to those encouragements and take them really seriously when someone says, I think you could do this. And it's also good to listen when people say, I'm not sure what you're doing is a good idea. To really listen to that, especially when it's people from your local church who've seen you over a number of years. Like that, 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 there's a level of weight to what they're saying that should be felt with a bit more weight than, I don't know, someone who doesn't know you that well, but has just said, you're going to be amazing, you can do this. Like There's a weight to that perspective. And I just really want to encourage you guys, in terms of your journey with God, Like this, the local church is, is one of God's gifts to you, to help you discover who, who you are in God and what, how God is going to use you. Okay, so I just want to, I wanted to leave us kind of encouraged that we can make a difference with our lives. And God cares about the one. He's not just interested in the many. He cares about the one. Jesus told quite a few stories about um, someone going after the one, like the one lost coin, the one lost sheep, the lost son, you know, and, and each of those stories convey something of God's heart, you know, and, and we live in a world that's kind of like, I don't know, like they cheer, don't they? Like, like it's, it's, a, it's a lot about the applause of many, but God loves, like heaven applauds when we just do something for the one. And so I just want to encourage, I've, inc- I've asked these guys to think about this, to think about a story or stories that they've seen of just making a difference in people's lives um, on the journeys that they've been on. So, Debs. Um, yeah, so when I first took on the youth project that I run, um, obviously I shared that I needed to be really self, uh, not self-reliant, reliant upon God. And so I spent some time with God um, and he gave me two words, prayer and relationship. And really for me, those have been the keys to what the youth project and how we do it is all about. He said, 
prayer and relationship and no gimmicks because I'm quite a creative person so I can get very carried away with creative ideas but that can then end up being self you end up being self-reliant um, and the reason I, I'm sharing that in the context of this story is because the young lady who I've had the privilege of walking life alongside is because of relationship and because of prayer. So um, in the summer of the first year when I took on the project, I decided I'd really love to combine my drama skills with it. And I ran a week's drama, a summer drama week. And in that week, I met a young lady called Rose who had just left primary school. So she'd just left year six. Um, and um, an amazing young lady, but with quite a troubled life. Um, and so that was in 2012. I still know her now. Um, and over those years, she has accessed our project in lots of different ways. So we run a girls' lounge. She's been along to that. We do detached street work. She's connected through that. She's done a little bit of youth volunteering for us with a sense of really wanting to belong. Um, she's remained connected through the drama project. Um, and she will still come along even though she's now 18. She'll still occasionally come to our Friday night drop-ins just to check in with us. Um, and I would say that for me, this is about... Um, doing what Jesus did just it's not about the outcome it's about the journey and being able to stop for her um, and be Jesus for her in the midst of the chaos of her life she's had lots of issues with mental health um, and her life is up and down Um, and most amazingly the connection the relationship and the fact that we as a team as well as me individually have invested in her life because we care about her because Jesus loves her um, and that hasn't always been easy, um, and but it actually the dividends have been great. Um, a year ago, we just asked her, I said, Rose, do you fancy coming to New Day with us? Um, she knew, obviously she knows that what we do is about um, because of Jesus. Um, and she went, yeah, I'll do that. She's quite a spontaneous person. Um, and she came. And for me, that was an amazing step forward for her. But just to see that we had walked life with her, over the last seven years and as a result she decided to come to New Day. Her life is by no means sorted. Um, She still really struggles with things but actually I know that what Jesus has done has enabled us to be a light in the darkness for her. So when things get really tricky it will be me and the team that she contacts. When she just needs someone to listen to her it'll be me and the team that she contacts. Um, And I know that her contact with us is for the long term because Jesus is in about the long term. He's not a one-off. He's not about instant um, results. He's not about the outcome. He's about the journey. And she's a great example for us to keep on going because we've had an impact in her life. Um, and Jesus has been shown to her. And I'm, I'm fully convinced that at some point she will totally give her life to Jesus. She's on that journey. She's closer than she ever was. She's not there yet. It's not a finished story. But life with, life with people and working with people is always going to be a bit messy. There's always going to be ends that kind of don't get tied up. But actually, that's not what we're there for. We're there for, to walk the journey with people. And so she's a great example. Um, and I was just earlier this year, we've also had the opportunity of just supporting her mum at times. And um, she texted me and said, Debs, I've just, me and my mum have got something for you. Um, and it was quite a difficult, it was a particularly difficult week for me when she texted. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do Rose today. Um, just being honest with you. Um, and I was like, okay. Um, she said, we just want to pop round if that's okay. We've got something for you. Anyway, uh, Wednesday evening, uh, six o'clock, she turned up with her mum and her mum's van. And out of her van, she bought a garden bench. 
And on the garden bench, she had got someone to paint. My, my surname's Carter, the Carter family. Um, and she had been in my garden about two weeks before and seen that we had a bench there that was a bit rotten. Um, and out of her heart of goodness, she had wanted to say thank you for everything that you have done. Um, and that's just, it's an amazing privilege to be able to walk alongside people and see the impact that you're having. Because it was her and her mum that wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being there in the really hard times. Thank you for being there in the great times. Thank you for just being available and listening. And I thank God for that because I'm so glad she's in my life because I'm so enriched as a result. Um, And it's a two-way thing. I know I'm just not in her life to bless her. Actually, God's placed her in my life to teach me some things about what it means to really suffer. So I'm, yeah, incredibly grateful um, for the impact that I've had in her life and she's had in mine. And I'm thankful to Jesus for that because that's his favor that he has placed upon the project. Yeah, I'll say um, I've always um, asked God on a daily basis that, God, who do you want to bless today? Who do you want me to speak into? Who do you want to receive something from you today? So, like, when I'm commuting on a train or whatever, I just keep asking God those kind of questions, um, even in my morning of prayer. Um, I believe strongly, as the Bible says, that God's eye is always looking on the earth and looking for people who he wants to reveal um, his secrets to. Uh, I believe that we have we have that capacity to be able to do that. So that's that's what I do um, on a daily basis with my my wife. I try to I would say with my wife and um, God give us stuff um, about people and we just intercede on their behalf. Um, and also on my on my journey to to work, um, I'll give you yeah I'll give you one um, I'll give you a story about uh, I met this um, lady and um, uh, she had a daughter. And I was I was sat on the train. I've started reading a book by Wendy Mann. I don't know if you've. Uh, it's, it's about uh, naturally supernatural, uh, because God has placed this great desire in my heart as well to to move in the prophetic. Because uh, Bible says that we can all prophesy. So I'm like, okay, why can't I also receive this kind of gift? So I've started reading this book, and right in front of me, um, there's this woman and and, and the daughter. And what I, I just put the book down. I just closed my eyes, and God started revealing stuff about the little one. And I just felt like, no, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go do this today. So I just left it all the way until I got to Waterloo. And before I got off the train, I just said, I just felt like God telling me this. And I just started speaking to her like, and I said, Are you Christians? And he said, Yeah, they are. Um, they are Catholics. And I just said it in English um, what God was telling me about her daughter. And she said, yes, that's her name. And I just said, is it all right if I pray for her? And she said, yes, and I prayed for her. And she just said, thank you so much. And, and, and it was just amazing that God can actually reveal things about people to you, about what he wanted to do in their life. And it was just amazing because all the things that I said was basically her long name. And, and it's, it's related to um, how, I've forgotten exactly what it is, but it is, it's a very powerful name that she has. And, and that, that's what um, God... And also, I'll say last year, um, I, I really felt burden um, for um, homeless people. And I felt God lay on my heart to go and serve the homeless um, last Christmas. So on Christmas Day, I said to myself, I'm not going to spend that Christmas with my family in the morning. And I went straight. I, I volunteered to go and work um, with, the, with the homeless people. Um, they have this um, homeless shelter in Basingstoke. And um, I went in there and I, I served there. It was It was just amazing to just see... Um, how happy they are 
being seated on the table and just enjoying Christmas meal, it was just amazing and just uh, amazing to be a part of something that um, God is doing. And, and they know that it is God. Like we, they, they know that it, these are Christians who are trying to help them um, get off the streets. And and the, the, this um, homeless shelter um, have. Um, a connection with the council so they were able to provide housing for them and it was a great privilege to be part of something like that so i'll say yeah um yeah i just just god wants to use us so much for 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 his his work in every every part of our, our life not just coming to church and trying to get a word for somebody no that's not what god wants to do god um the church is 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 god's bride and what he want to do he want to equip us to go into the world to, to get a lost who and, and bring them to the church. That's what God wants to do. So that's always been my prayer. That God, who do you want to who want to touch today? Who do you want to deliver today? Give me something to be able to impact into your life. Uh, and I'll say the last um, testimony as well. Give God has um, highlighted some a, a, a group of um, a, a, I'll say a group of um, nationalities that I work with, which are Indians. And for for some strange reason, I begin to interact with these people um, all the time um, and even everywhere they be just become my friends automatically and I didn't see that as an opportunity but later on I begin to see that as an opportunity that God is trying to um, move me into that area too, to kind of connect with these people who um, I'll say they worship a lot of idols and I feel like God wanted to use me to interact with them so there was one time I was just sitting at my, my desk and my one of my colleagues came and she just started talking to me and I could, and God started to highlight some stuff in her life, and I said, uh, and, I, and I began to talk to her in that area, and I, I said, "Is it alright if we just go somewhere else and and have a chat?" And as we begin to chat, and everything I was telling her was basically stuff that she was going through in her life, and I said, "Is it alright if we pray?" And and I said, she said, "Yeah, yeah," and we, I prayed for her, and she just said, she just said she's just sensed this heat and um, sensation in her body, and I just asked her like. This is the Holy Spirit working in her, and I just I just felt like I should ask her if she wants to um, give her life to Christ, and she said yes. And I said yes, let's go for it. And so I just we just prayed a salvation prayer on the spot, and she just gave her life to Christ, and it's just amazing. Um, and she also told me about a friend of her when they were younger that um, was was a Hindu that um, she became a Christian. Her parents denounced her. And she basically left India and she's now living in Canada. And they still connect and they still talk. And she was really excited. That, oh, this is something my, my friend has always been telling me about Jesus. That um, God has used me in the UK to to um, be a mouthpiece for Jesus, to to bring her to Christ. So that's another really amazing um, experience. So, yeah, that's my story. Wow. Yeah. Um. Uh, so 60 seconds. I want to leave you with a phrase, and that is um, authentic kingdom conga. Okay? And that is where I feel like God has used me uh, most recently is being part of a conga. You know what a conga is, yeah? Where you make a row, and you hold on to the person in front of you, and you do some crazy dance, yeah? And you follow around. So I want to encourage you... Um, one person who I, I'm always looking at, who am I holding on to? So who is it that is ahead of me in their journey with Jesus? And what can I learn from them? And how can I draw from them? And then who am I, who am I bringing along with me, you know, behind me? And uh, there was a young lad. So I've been so fortunate to have guys and girls that have invested in my life authentically. So they've shown me what life really looks like outside of Sunday morning. Um, the old, when, my, when I was in my church, your sort of age... 
the leader would have, a, have me around once a week for a meal with him and his family. I'd watch him and his wife argue. I'd watch his kids misbehave. I'd watch how he'd handle that. And there was, that was an element of me being behind him in the conga. I'm learning from this guy's life because he's allowed me access. Um, and I learned that and I'm like, God, I want to do that for somebody else. And so I did it with a, a, a guy a few years ago and he came into our life. We, he just became part of our family. Um, and he learned, he saw the good, the bad and the ugly of marriage, of family life. Um, and now I've found out recently that he's now doing it with somebody else. So the conga continues, but it's, still, it's about authenticity in my humble opinion. And so I think one of the ways that we most impact people on a one-to-one basis is by being real with them um, and not trying to fake it, not trying to pretend we got it all together or that we're some sort of holier-than-thou Christian, but actually just being real. And when you're not sure about something, asking the question and not being afraid to question faith and what's going on and why it's going on, but having that person ahead of you in the conga that you can hold on to, you know they're for you, you know they're not against you, you know they're, they're going to give you good advice and that you can trust them. Hold on to them. But all the while, it's not just about you holding on to the person in front. It's who are you taking with you on the journey.